The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rock. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked triumph? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who fall away. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph in the works of your hands. are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 Amen. And with that, welcome to the Sons of Liberty. Good morning, everyone. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers who are in the house and anybody else I may have missed, too. The Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio. We use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who's on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina. The editor at SonsLibertyMedia.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, The Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us here on Monday morning. Hope you had a great weekend, great Lord's Day. And if you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you want to head over there to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, uh, just encourage you, if you did not catch the live broadcast of the protests at Menards, that can be found at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Right there at the top, if you're using a desktop, if you're using a mobile phone, you have to scroll down a few stories, and uh, you'll be able to pick that up, and you can watch, the, I think it was three hours that we streamed that. We carried the information from uh, Lansing, Michigan, all the way up into Buffalo, Minnesota. It was also a special story, which you can see right now if you're watching by way of the video platforms that we're on, in which... A U.S. veteran was harassed. He was stalked through the store. Why? Because he didn't put a face diaper on. And then he all he wanted to do was buy an American flag to go out there and, and, and fly during the protest. And they wouldn't sell it to him. This is, a, this is a Vietnam veteran that they wouldn't do this for. Okay, Menards. Uh, whatever state you're in, this is the kind of people they are. They are like... Boy, you want to talk about, I don't know why anybody would go in that store treating their customers like that. I, even people who don't, if you actually believe in the uh, magical mask, okay? Even if you believe that stuff, to treat your customers the way these the people were treated there and the way they were treating in Lansing when they went in as well, I'd have nothing to do with these people. And they're only going to understand it when you hit them in their pocketbook. But... 
We may touch on that in just a minute. If you want to watch the live portion of the video, uh, the video of the radio show, head over to sonslibertymedia.com. Right side of the page, we're streaming live. And, uh, yep, the numbers from Facebook are false because <laughs> I'm seeing the real numbers here. So Facebook has been killing our stream more and more. So the more you guys share, the more this gets out to people. And if you don't have a share button because they're hiding that from you, Take and grab the URL in the address bar across the top. Stick it on your page. It works the same way. All right? works the same way. And uh, get this information out to your friends. Also, you can catch Bradley at 3 p.m. right above that. You can watch Saturday's show. Um, yeah, we, he kind of covered everything that was going on there at Menards uh, on Saturday's show. And then also, it goes live at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, when Bradley comes on, so check that out at sonslibertymedia.com. While you're there, subscribe to our newsletter. We don't rent your email. We don't spam you. We don't sell it, okay? You get one email from us a, a day. It's got all the articles that we put up at sonslibertymedia.com, include mine, Bradley's, and our contributors that we have who graciously contribute to sonslibertymedia.com. And uh, also, while you're there, if you agree with our message, uh, we hold the Bible and the Constitution, and even the Constitution, folks, is subservient to the Word of God. It is not supreme in everything. God's Word is. If you agree, though, with the message that we have, you would like to help us, and you're able to do so. We're not asking you to go in debt. We just let you know our needs, and we don't ask you for money, but we say, if you want to join with us and help meet those needs, there's a donate button there. You can make a one-time donation, or you can become a partner with us as a son or daughter of liberty. That link is also available at sonslibertymedia.com. And also, a donate, uh, excuse me, the store button there where you can pick up a lot of the t-shirts, coffee mugs, water bottles, all this kind of stuff. Uh, they're great conversation starters in your sphere of influence and also some equipping tools. Bradley's My War DVD series, some books and other things of that nature. You can pick all of those up at sonsoflibertymedia.com, and uh, we thank you for your support, especially you guys who are in the chat, too. Uh, tremendous support. It's a great encouragement because I don't get to see the guys on the radio, but we appreciate your support as well. But every morning, uh, seeing friends that have accumulated over, well, since I've been doing it over a little over a year on Sons of Liberty, but uh, even before that, some friends who came over from when the my radio show was called Setting Brush Fires, thank you for joining us every morning. Uh, you just don't understand the tremendous support and encouragement that is uh, for doing the show. So we, we really do appreciate you guys very much. All right, let me introduce our guest this morning because some of you who listen to the afternoon show with Bradley, you've already heard of Eric Lucero. He is a 20-year resident of District 30B, and he says some people aren't going to know what that is. And so we'll let him tell a little bit about that in just a minute. Uh, he was first elected to the Minnesota State House of Representatives in 2014. Eric is currently serving his third term representing the eastern Wright County cities of Albertville, Hanover, Ostego, I I'm, I'm, hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, St. Uh, Michael and Wright County portion of Dayton. And it is my privilege to welcome to the Sons of Liberty morning show, Eric Lucero. Good morning, Larry, Eric. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity to join you this morning. It is such uh, uh, always an honor to uh, join a crowd, a group of people that believe in the Bible, the Word of God, number one, Amen. and the Constitution, the founding documents of our great republic. Amen. Amen. That's exactly right. And that's that's what we point to on the show. We don't try to get on a Republican Party issue or a Democrat Party issue because the fact of the matter is both of them are the parties are selling the people out for an agenda that they're pushed uh, that is anti-American, it is anti-Christian. And so uh, we, we know you're not that kind of guy uh, to do what you're doing. Now, we're going to talk about a lot of things, but what I want to do is I kind of want to open it up to you. Some people probably seen you for the first time on the video platforms, and they're going, boy, that guy is bright this morning. He's nice and red there. you got your red fedora on, you got your red shirt on, uh, and I know you're full of fire because I've heard you on Bradley's show a couple of times. Tell people a little bit about yourself and uh, and how you came to be a state rep there in Minnesota. Totally. Well, uh, my background, I'm actually in my fourth term, so that, that uh, bio I sent actually was a little bit out of date, so that was uh, my previous term. But in my fourth term, uh, and my background, what I do for in the private sector, I am not a politician. Uh, I am. Not, this is not a career for me. Uh, you know, when on the, the 
Minnesota House of Representatives, the legislators, you can list your occupation or your career. It's frustrating to me. Some people actually list legislator as their occupation. Uh, in my case, I do cybersecurity for a living. I've been in, this, in the field of cybersecurity for over 15 years, and that is my primary profession. And uh, in addition to that, I'm also a real estate agent, uh, a, a licensed general contractor, a small business owner, and my wife and I uh, have a property management company that we uh, purchase uh, both residential and commercial buildings and then rent them out. And so taking that experience then, real world, well-rounded, uh, I'm not anymore. I had to give it up when I got elected, but I also taught college for seven years. And so I've taken that real world, real world experience, real world, uh, both the, the hardships and the successes, and taking that to the legislature on the many topics that are discussed. In my per present term, I currently sit on the Public Safety Committee, the Commerce Committee, and the Capital Investment Committee. But we have heard the headlines coming out of Minnesota of uh, law enforcement and uh, everything that's going on around that. And so public safety is probably the number one issue that's, that's right now in Minnesota, the conversations that continue. But even separate from that, one of the core functions of government is public safety and law enforcement. And unfortunately, as we've seen over time here, uh, government in this country and in the state of Minnesota, as in unfortunately many states, continues to grow well outside the boundaries of what government should be doing. Well, I, I certainly agree with that. Now, I, I got to tell you, Eric, let, let, let me, since you brought up the issue of law enforcement, let me bring up one thing and then we'll jump into some of these issues that you're tackling there. I, I know there's a, there's a move to defund the police. And I got to tell you, I'm fine with that if people don't leave it in a vacuum. For instance, when we go to our Constitution, okay, the only law enforcers that are mentioned in the Constitution are the President. He's to make sure the laws are faithfully executed, Article 2, Section 3. And then in Article 1, Section 8, Clause 15, it says, Congress is to provide for calling forth the militia to execute the laws of the Union. Now, that's the people. And it's been my argument for some time, and they're to suppress insurrections and repel invasions. They're not to rely on a police force or even the National Guard. I know they've been deemed as... Um, uh, militia, but our our forefathers never envisioned a federal militia. They they envisioned that coming out of the sovereign states that had come together to form a union. And uh, and this is the thing that I I say: if you're if the people really want to execute the law, if they want to do their duty, and they want to defund the police, all right, bring the police those who've been trained and those who are able to actually do it without becoming psychopaths, because we do see some of those guys too. Um, they can join with the militia, and together, there's no longer a blue line. It's the people against the lawless. They deal with the lawless people in their area, and uh, and be executing of that. Ha have you had anybody ask you about a militia, and would you be supportive of a constitution? Not not guys in the backwoods who want to stay away from everybody, but they do things in the light of day because they're the law enforcement agents of the constitution. Would you be in support of of the Constitution militia like that? Well, what you're discussing in, in citing the Constitution, that's on a national level. And as we know before, and as you even cited here, before the national government, the federal government existed, states existed first. Sovereign, independent right. states with their, their ability to make laws for themselves. And uh, not dealing on the national level as a state legislator myself, it is one of the fundamental, the core uh, uh, aspects of government is to ensure the safety and security against those who seek to deprive the liberties of others. And so on a state level, right, unfortunately, there are voices that continue to defund the police. And we are ground zero here in the state of Minnesota. Uh, we continue to see this narrative being pushed. There are uh, those that are coming from, in fact, just yesterday, uh, I just saw a headline, uh, Maxine Waters. Congresswoman Maxine Waters came to the state of Minnesota as an agitator. There are outside agitators coming to Minnesota for no other purpose other than to rile up, stir people's emotions, and get people angry. So with these agitators coming here uh, to, to echo and to add to the voices of the calls to defund the police, 
Uh, right now, we're in a very precarious time because there are those that are seeking to erode our liberties to go after and attack the professional men and women who risk their lives each and every day to protect ours. And this is just something we can't tolerate. So on a national level, you know, I'm absolutely in favor of a militia and ensuring that a well-armed uh, citizenry is able to defend themselves, not only against uh, individuals who would uh, seek to deprive them of liberty, but also a tyrannical government. But on a okay. state level, which is the proper role of where local police lies, not on a, on a national level, but on a local level, uh, I am all in favor of police because they, again, are incredibly important because of the people, the thugs, whether they are within the state or they're outside agitators coming into the state, as we're seeing here in, in Minnesota, uh, we need to defend the truth. We need to defend those private property owners. We saw uh, uh, um, hundreds of millions of dollars of damage burn in Minneapolis as the result of a failure in leadership, as a result of those that simply do not want to stand up to the bullies that are using chaos to advance a socialist agenda. Okay. All right. And I hear you saying on a national level, but honestly, that was really not the issue for the militia in the first place. They were out of the states. They were regulated by, I mean, they, they got their officers from the states and they served the states, but then they were called up, obviously, on a national level to suppress insurrections, things by the president. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, we don't have a police force. That is, well, that is the police force we have in our Constitution. And I know that's hard for some people to wrap their mind about because they're saying, We've never had that. We've always had the guys in blue. And there's a lot of guys who do their jobs in the blue, and there's a lot of guys who don't. I mean, they, they, some of them have become the thugs that we, we talk about with, you know, that you were talking about with the other. We've seen the guys who should have been stopping um, the stuff that was going on in Minnesota in the same manner that we saw the rioting in L.A. years ago. And they run from that that duty of of stopping those things, and and then it ends up, you know, falling into the lap of the people. So I, I'm not saying you know you just get rid of a police department, you don't fill it with something. I, I do believe the other. For instance, in my state of South Carolina, we have in our constitution about the militia. It reads identical to the Second Amendment, and that's a state constitution. That's not a federal. So I, I'd encourage you to look at that. But I'd like to see us, you know, moving forward. Bring the duty back to the people on this level, because when we give it up, we're just asking. I mean, we're corrupt. We're men that are prone to corruption anyway, and our forefathers understood that. But uh, I, I just wanted to see if you were in favor of some of that. And I know you're right. Ground zero is uh, Minnesota there for defunding the police. And of course, the people who are largely calling for that, they actually call for that kind of thing, don't have a constitutional solution for that. They just want the police gone so they can be as lawless as they will. And uh, of course, what I'm suggesting is, hey, let's go back to our founding documents, which said it's the people's duty to put this in check, just like uh, we read about in the book of Judges, where the people acted under the law of God. And no, somebody said, it'll be the Wild West. No, the people are acting under an authority. They're not just a bunch of... You know, they're not just a mob going out and doing what they're doing. They act under authority. But uh, I appreciate well, and, and, and actually, on that note, unfortunately, in the state of Minnesota, we do not have the equivalent of a Second Amendment in our own Constitution. Okay. And so we have to rely. I know there are many states that do, but we don't here in Minnesota. So that's why uh, I am among those that is pushing. I'm actually the chief author uh, of a, uh, a, a, ball, uh, a, a bill to bring that to uh, the ballot in order to amend our constitution to add the equivalent of a second amendment here. Hey, that's great. I I love to hear that. I love to hear that. All right. So, okay. We've got a couple of things that you're involved in there in the state house. Um, let's take the, let's take this first one. Uh, Cause it's sort of low hanging fruit. Transgenderism has become this thing. It's not a thing because nobody can actually transition from a man to a woman or a man to a, a, a or, a man to a woman or a woman to a man. I, I've often said, if I was to have a dollar for every gender, I'd have $2 and a lot of counterfeits in this culture. And so you're dealing with some of that as far as legislation. And, you know, it's a sad thing, Eric, that you even have to legislate against what is should be very obvious to everybody. But we become such a culture that, you know, we don't want to hurt 
little sensitive feelings. We're no longer men who can take criticism. We're, we're no longer those who seek to be, you know, be corrected where we're wrong. What's going on there in Minnesota concerning this this delusion where men think they can actually become women and women can actually become men? Well, there is a concerted effort, not only now, but if we span human history, and since this audience is, is understands the truth of, of biblical history, there is a, an attack on truth. And we have seen this attack from the uh, Satan and the spiritual realm to go after and use sexual perversion as a means to confuse and to uh, imp- institute immorality. Because when immorality runs rampant, that weakens a nation, and a weakened nation is more susceptible to division, which is exactly the operating mechanism that Satan uh, seeks to implement, is, is divide and conquer. And so when we see this effort here in the state of Minnesota, it actually, uh, it's been going on for many, many years, but it was really highlighted uh, two or three years ago when the, the Democrat majority here they brought forward a bill and they included a provision into the, the K-12 education finance bill that wanted to allow for uh, comprehensive sex education to be taught to uh, children in the classroom. Because they understand it, the younger you can go, the, the, the earlier you can get in front of young people in the classroom and pump their minds full of filth, the easier it will be to advance an agenda when those uh, children become a voting age because it is the, they understand the truth. It is more difficult to persuade the hearts and minds of people that have learned something when they were younger than it is to start and trick. To, so to it's more difficult to re-educate somebody as an adult than it is to educate them according to their worldview uh, younger. Yep. So they they brought forward this provision that sought to include material such as it's perfectly normal. And if you've seen that book, it's a reprehensible book and include that as uh, the content that would be taught to, to children. In addition to that, most states, but certainly here in Minnesota, to become a teacher in the classroom, you have to be licensed. So the provision also would allow for community organizations to do an end run, would not have to be licensed. And the community organizations was a way of uh, getting access to Planned Parenthood. So Planned Parenthood could come directly into the classroom, have direct access to children, and among the content they would teach, would be uh, content from the the plan or from the uh, it's perfectly normal book on the house floor and this video went viral it's well over a million views now uh, nationwide and I just simply read I just I was turning the pages and just describing the content right there in x-rated uh, fashion on the house floor and that's really what got the attention now they didn't and it stopped at that year but they did the Democrats did and the radical progressive left did not stop there so they came back. And it's continued to push that. But that's part of comprehensive sex education is part of a larger agenda of gender confusion. And so, unfortunately, because of this continued false narrative that's being pushed in academics, in the media and everywhere else, there are boys and men that are confused, mistakenly believing themselves to be girls and women and therefore want to play on sports teams, want to shower with women want to share the locker rooms and bathrooms. And this is just something that is a direct contradiction to to nature and to science. And as somebody who believes in science, and as you mentioned, it's unfortunate we even have to go here. I had to define a male as someone with an XY chromosome pair. Yep. And if you have an XY chromosome pair, you are not permitted to play in the sports teams, shower with women, go in the locker room, or go in the bathroom. And you would not believe the hate that's come out simply because I believe in science. Isn't that, isn't that funny that, that people use the term science? You know, Paul spoke to Timothy and he talked about those that oppose science falsely called. And I've been using that passage to speak about this whole, you know, Cerveza bug stuff that's going on. And uh, and you're bringing that up here, and it's funny. I know somebody's going to go, oh, we're going to have a test for XY chromosomes. Most of the time, Eric, I mean, it's in very few cases, you can tell who's a guy. I mean, you can tell it. You, you just can't. 
And, uh, and, and for these guys to be doing it, you know, I think some of them, I think probably the majority of them have been abused themselves, just like I think a lot of sodomites have been abused themselves, and then later on in life, they become the abuser. I don't know why that carries over into some kind of a, for lack of a better term, a generational curse, as the Bible talks about, but it does. And, uh, you know, this is why I think we have to cut it off. As soon as you see it, there has to be some drastic measures that are taken. And used to, we used to, you know, our for, our founding forefathers, and I wrote a, a long piece on this, uh, had established our state laws referencing the Bible. And you would have places like New York. You know, liberal New York now was very conservative. If you were guilty of sodomy, they put you to death. Uh, all of the 13 colonies at the time when they when they became states, all of them had references to Leviticus for dealing with sodomy. And now some of them didn't put them to death. There was one or two uh, that actually engaged in like saying, you get 21 years of hard labor or something like that. But they recognized that it was not something acceptable in the society. It was not something that we're to be lenient towards and, and show compa- you know this, this compassion to where it's not a crime because it is a crime. It's a crime against nature, which is a, a crime against God, not you know the earth, but it's a crime against God. And so the fact, again, that you have to go in and tell people this it ought to be it ought to be understood by the population this isn't right and now let me ask you something with this particular issue and with people that you talk to that you actually go out and you talk to in your district how many of them actually believe that men can become women or women can become men only just a a sliver a fraction and those that have been confused themselves it's a narrative that all of us are being subjected to nationwide, and it's one that's being echoed over and over and over again, and this echo and this narrative by uh, those with very loud platforms or, or loud voices uh, and platforms of influence does not make it a majority opinion, but that's what they want uh, the, the nation and uh, people to believe. And so the overwhelming number of people understand and maintain the truth, and that is that Men and women are equal, but they're different. And this continued push to try to blend them and have this gender confusion, gender fluidity is one that is going to lead to a harm. It is a direct attack on the safety and security of girls and women. That's why we need to stand for the truth and ensure that this sexual perversion is not allowed to continue to be promoted. Amen. Uh, there is a uh, the four, the forty five goals of the Communist Party to take over America. Right smack dab in the middle is the issue of homosexuality, which is what this all ro- you know revolves around. Anyway, there are several other things that you're taking on in the state house. Gun control that one's a big one on the national level too. What's going on in Minnesota concerning gun control? Well, we unfortunately we we spoke about the public safety, but there's also the issue uh, that that as a member of the public safety committee, we're on the front lines. And they continue to push red flag gun confiscation orders and universal background checks. And this is actually part of a nationwide effort by the the radical, progressive, anti-constitution America haters that they're pushing in the the states across the nation. And so that's why many, even though uh, we're fighting it here in Minnesota, people across the nation have heard those two terms. You're hearing it from President Biden on the national level. Red flag gun confiscation orders and universal background checks. And for those who may not have heard, what that means is red flag gun confiscation orders. A person could be a family member, it could be a friend, it could be a neighbor, it could be an ex-spouse, it could be an ex-girlfriend, boyfriend, anybody who believes that another person is a threat to themselves or another and is a firearm owner, that the, the person can lodge a complaint to the government anonymously uh, and... Uh, have the firearms confiscated from that firearm owner, even though they've done nothing wrong. And so the, the, the firearm owner does not have the ability to confront their accuser, does not have the ability to defend themselves, and is put in a position where they're found guilty and need to prove themselves innocent because the firearms are taken from them. And in order to get them back, they need to prove that they've done nothing wrong or haven't or are not going to create harm to themselves or another. This opens up... Uh, in addition to just being a huge problem against the Constitution and our fundamental individual liberties, look at the abuse. You could have a disgruntled neighbor 
You could have a disgruntled former spouse, former uh, girlfriend or boyfriend who simply lodges a false complaint. And then that can result in the firearms being confiscated. This is a huge threat to our uh, Second Amendment gun rights. The, the other issue that's being pushed is universal background checks. You know, we know that uh, not everybody owns a firearm. And sometimes when there's a hunting uh, a party that prevent, uh, that weekend, for example, and you might have a friend who, who hasn't hunted before uh, and wants to, to try it out, a firearm owner may lend their firearm to a friend for the weekend, right? Well, that is a transfer, the, the gun owner, the owner of the firearm transferring to a friend or a family member or even a, a, a child. Uh, that is a, a, a transfer and therefore a, a background check would need to occur under the universal background check of the person that's receiving the firearm. And then at the end, let's say in this example, at the end of the weekend, for the friend or whoever the, the firearm was lent to, to transfer back to the owner because it's another transfer that's occurring, another background check has to be performed on the firearm owner now in order to get their firearm back. <laughs> it's absolutely and so ridiculous. this is a clear, it's just absurd. And it is going to do nothing to, to stop crime because we know those intent on committing crime, those intent on committing their acts of evil are not going to be dissuaded by these, these firearm uh, more laws because they will do whatever it takes to perpetrate their evil despite whatever laws are, are made. And lo- more laws on law-abiding gun owners, again, does not make us any safer. I agree. In fact, uh, I often say that the gun control laws, they're not laws, they're pretended laws, the gun control laws are really gun confiscation laws because the end aim is to take your guns. That's They, they want to get you in some little trap that they've set up so that they can take your guns. Like this issue, if you want to let your friend borrow it for the weekend, you're going hunting or whatever you're going to do with it. What are, you're going to go shoot at the range. You want to see if, hey, I might want to pick up this kind of pistol. I'm going down to the range. I'm going to shoot at the range. And I want to test it out because you can't do that in the store usually. Um, and, and they're wanting to get to a place where they take your guns. The whole idea of the background checks is just bizarre to me. If we were rendering justice, Eric... Uh, the people who are engaged in violent crimes like rape, kidnapping, murder, and the sort, they would be in the dirt. They wouldn't be in a jail cell being paid for by their, their victims and the victims' families and people who don't even have anything to do with it through their taxes. They'd be taking a dirt nap, and we wouldn't even be worried about this. This idea that they want to take property, um, you know, with the red flag laws. Now, this, and, and for people, you need to understand this. This was not advanced by the Biden administration. This was advanced by the Trump administration. After Parkland, let's take the guns first, due process second. That is President Trump's own words. And then on top of that, Eric, he had his DOJ paying off the states if they would implement red flag laws, uh, which are a complete violation of not just the Second Amendment, the, the Fifth Amendment. I mean, we're supposed to have due process. And due process is not to see whether or not you might harm yourself or you might harm somebody else. It's whether you actually committed a crime. So they're they're doing an end around around the Constitution all over the place. And I don't, you know, the, the gun issue should be so clear uh, I feel like I just preach to the choir on those kinds of things. I don't know how you how you feel about that, but it's one where you have to be on the front lines and you have to say, "Look, this is a right that people have in order to have to bear keep and bear arms." And that doesn't just include guns; that's knives, baseball bats. But I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't limit that because there's nothing to fear from a, a person who is moral, who is upholding the law, because they're not out to break the law. Well, that's spot on. And, and the thing I've been articulating my, even well before I was in office was the Second Amendment has nothing to do with hunting, fishing right. or target sports. It has to do with ensuring that uh, individuals, a free people, can protect themselves against a tyrannical government. Our founding fathers understood the difference between shall not and reasonable. We can see in the Fourth Amendment, uh, p- uh, persons, housings, papers and effects are protected against unreasonable searches and seizures, right? So they un- our founding fathers understood there wasn't a reasonable test there, right? But when it comes to the Second Amendment, they don't say our Second Amendment liberties, our, our gun rights are protected against unreasonable confiscation. They use a different term. 
shall not be infringed. I'm not, I do not understand the, the ambiguity that some continue to promote in their confusion of the words shall not be infringed. So they, they try to confuse the issue and they try to uh, say that it, it, it meant something else at the time. Well, if you just look at the, the words the, from in the same document from our founding fathers, they understood. Again, I'm using the comparison between shall not and unreasonable. Yep, and that's a good point you make there. Uh, one of the other things is is that uh, the founding fathers understood this. It was born out. I think a lot of it's born out of what they experienced under the tyranny of of Britain. I have done a, a piece on what Thomas Gage did and how he infringed upon. And you could see it right down the line. You could see all these amendments where they were falling in line because of what was going on. I mean, Paul Revere was not riding through the street saying the fish are coming, the deer are coming. He was saying the British are coming, the tyrants are coming, and this is why they needed to go and get their arms, get their cannons, get their black powder, all this stuff from the armory, because that's what the British were out for. They were going to come take their arms, and uh, so the people were warned uh, to stand up against that. There's a couple you, other... You know, you are spot on in my comparison. The other thing that I, I often say, uh, and and I uh, uh, encourage and promote it uh, at all times, but on the 4th of July, Independence Day... Read the Declaration of Independence, and it enumerates their grievances against the tyrannical government, right? right. It enumerates their grievances. Immediately follow that up by reading the Bill of Rights. And you can see the grievances that they have that they've enumerated in the Declaration of Independence directly translate over to the Bill of Rights and how they enumerated then protections in the founding documents against the abuses of tyranny that they were fighting against. You just compare, read one right after the other, and you can see why it puts the Bill of Rights right in context. Yeah, it absolutely does. And I wish more people understood that. I wish they read past uh, you know, the issue of the rights that our Creator gives us, and they would see all those grievances because there are similar things that have happened today. I, I really think our founding fathers would have already been at war uh, with the central government. Uh, if nothing else, just based on the taxes, I mean, that was just a small portion of what was going on, uh, two or three percent tax, and they were they were like dumping tea into the harbor. So, I think today we've been far more tolerant of tyranny, and as a result of it, we've seen tyranny grow in a, in a way probably we would have never uh, seen in uh, generations past. Eric, there's some other things that's going on, and this one is an ongoing thing, been going on for about a year or so, a little over that. And we've been saying at Sons of Liberty that the reason for all of this is to push people into vaccinations, or what they, they've even had to change the definition to accommodate the uh, experimental injections that they're giving people that are killing people by the thousands now in America and around the world. They're, they're injuring people tens if not hundreds, no, actually hundreds of thousands of people around the world. Nobody's being held to account to it. It's being pushed out as though it's safe and effective, which is an absolute fraud. Uh, And some people really ought to be brought to justice on the basis that they're out there saying it's safe and effective. But that's been to push towards the vaccines. And then from there, they're saying they got everybody so scared if you don't wear a mask, you can't get on this flight. If you don't get, if you don't have a, a certificate of vaccination ID, COVID people, if you don't have that, you can't get on this flight. You can't get on the bus. You can't get on the train. You, some places they're trying to push it where you can't uh, go into the stores or other places like this. You're on the forefront of fighting that too. What's going on up there in Minnesota where you're fighting vaccine passports? Totally. Well, well before COVID. I have been among the voices that has been fighting incredibly hard for informed consent. When it comes to vaccinations, uh, people have autonomy over their own body. And we should never be in a position where government or any other mandates or forces vaccinations and therefore informed consent, allowing people to make their own decisions. Now, if a person wants to vaccinate, I have no qualms against it. Make that choice, but do so on your own free will. And those who choose not to vaccinate should not be put in a position that they are pressured and should certainly not be denied any opportunity for to exercise their daily life uh, because of the choices that they make. 
But so that again, that's been well before COVID. But then with COVID here, we see an abusive government and those uh, radical progressives in government. They never let a crisis go to waste, right? And so they they manufacture and hype up this issue uh, for the intent uh, the intent of scaring people. We have seen, and I'm amazed at at how these voices continue to echo by all of the the different parties, uh, national media and and otherwise, and it's fear porn is the best way I can describe it. Fear porn to cause people to uh, make decisions based on fear. So in the state of Minnesota here, we absolutely need to ensure that people are not uh, mandated uh, to take vaccinations, nor are denied their rights if they do not uh, get vaccinated. And so, yes, vaccine passports is a narrative that we've seen in a couple other states now that they are pushing. We've seen discussions about it on a national level. And, so, and for those who may not know, a vaccine passport is a, uh, it, it can take any form, but the most common here, it's a collaboration with big tech, big business, big government, and big pharma to have a digital app on a phone, a QR code of some kind, and uh, that it becomes the validation for a person that they've been vaccinated. And then big business is going to be in a, put in a, be in a position of saying, you can, we will not do commerce with you. Unless, we won't let you into our store, whether it be Menards, you know, I can completely envision Target or any of these other businesses, uh, Delta Airlines and other, you, we will not engage in commerce with you unless you demonstrate to us that you have been vaccinated. That's what a vaccine passport is. And so I've chief offered a bill here in Minnesota. I've introduced that. That would prohibit business and government from mandating or using vaccine passports. Because again, it is a way of conditioning the population to pull their minds in a direction to accept it. And it is something we absolutely cannot accept because they won't stop there. It is a continuing tightening of the noose. And that is what, uh, again, this this sick collaboration between tech, business, pharma, and government are trying to push. That's exactly right. And there's another thing, Eric. Uh, you know, Bradley kind of covered this real quickly. But the vaccination, it's as though what they're trying to do is present, hey, if you wear a mask, you're keeping yourself safe and everybody safe. And, of course, look, any conscionable person wants to make sure you're safe that you want to make sure your family's safe. I mean, we all want that kind of thing. But the fact of the matter is it's a lie to say a mask does that. And in fact, it actually harms you in the long term. You get all kinds of respiratory problems from the you're breathing in the literal crap that you're supposed to be breathing out and is supposed to be going away from you. Um, so we've got that going on. The same thing is true with the vaccines. Oh, the vaccines are said to be safe and effective and they're to prevent all this stuff. And, and Bradley did an article here this past week, the Center for Disease Control is now saying and admitting 5,800 fully vaccinated people became infected. Oh, wait a minute. I thought it was supposed to prevent that, or at least that's what they told us. And 74 of them died. I mean, Eric, to me, and I don't know how you what you think about this, but to me, it seems like every outlet whether they're a media outlet, whether they're a corrupt politician that's been bought off by Big Pharma, whether it's the Big Pharma pimps themselves, whether it's the CDC or the FDA, every one of them that come out and say it is safe and effective should be arrested for fraud, in my opinion. I'll tell you, this is, again, it's people need to understand the manipulation that's occurring. And whether it be on this issue of vaccinations, COVID, whether it be on any other topics that we've discussed just this morning, gun control, uh, gender fluidity, gender confusion, uh, all these issues that are happening, this is a manipulation. There is a concerted effort by those in positions of influence, whether they be in legacy media, social media, academics, so K-12 and higher ed, All of these people, they are working in collaboration. You see the same talking points on these issues being promoted and echoed over and over and over again. And any dissenting voices are stifled. You're seeing the continued efforts, the forceful efforts by social media, legacy media, 
only promoting one narrative, whatever the topic is, yep. they promote one narrative while shutting down any dissenting voices. This is depriving the people of factual information and depriving people the ability to use uh, constructive criticism, critical thinking skills to make up their own mind based on a totality of the information. Because there are gatekeepers at the top who believe they know better, they want to control people's lives, and in order to control people's lives, they control access to information. This is incredibly dangerous. And again, whether it be the topic of vaccinations or anything else that's being discussed right now, this is people need to wake up and understand our liberties are being eroded by just a handful of influential people at the top who have purposed themselves to promote lies that are directly against the unalienable rights that our founding fathers sacrificed so much for to protect That's when right. they started and you know founded our great republic. And this is incredibly dangerous. People need to wake up. They need to get in the fight. People cannot sit on the sidelines. That's one of the things that I'm doing when I raise my hand to 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 get in the battle, get in the arena in, in, in public office. Because I'm just some guy. There is nothing special about me. I am just some guy who does cybersecurity for a living who chose to get involved. But people don't need to, to run for elected office necessarily. There are many other ways to That's promote right. the truth. Yep. That's what we need to be doing. We need to keep that in mind. Amen. I couldn't agree more. In fact, uh, more and more, I've been telling people, if you go to Washington to, to do a rally or something, you, you might as well just you know take that time and do something else with it. Get involved locally in your sphere of influence, whether it's in your county or even at the state level. But uh, you know, we had someone on last week, and they were talking about a Brandon Taylor out of Tennessee, as a matter of fact. And he was saying, you know, I went to my county commissioners. We invited him over for dinner. We were conveying our concerns about uh, several things, especially concerning some of the lockdowns, things of that nature. And we were finding out we were winning them over, and he's had several victories in that county where the guys have gotten on board with him and put forth, you know, uh, resolutions to to end certain things in that county and to promote other things, a Second Amendment sanctuary and, and stuff like this. And then also he said, they're tied with your state legislatures, and then those state legislatures are tied with Washington. So instead of everybody going to the top and expecting a fix down at the bottom, they start at the bottom where where this really shows whether or not the people really believe what they're saying or whether they're sort of entertained by their politics, uh, which I think politics has become. It's become an entertainment sport rather than uh, the duty that the people have to ensure that the evildoers are punished and those who do good are protected. Uh, Eric, there's another thing. You guys have a tyrannical governor there, <laughs> and Tim Walls. Well, before you ask that question, yeah, let me ahead. just, just uh, touch on what you just said. Sure. Spot on. People get involved in your local city councils, township boards, county commissioners, and school boards. These local offices, you know, the higher profile state legislatures, Congress, uh, and, and everything, uh, you know, at the state level and above, that, you know, I know that that gets the attention, but the, the real work to protect our liberties is at the local level. And there are city councils, there are, uh, count, you know, Wright County, the, the county I live in, and, and, and local city councils have passed resolutions directly against the, the overbearing and unconstitutional actions of both state and federal governments. And so imagine people getting involved, getting elected to city councils, and then saying, you know what, we're not going to enforce these unconstitutional mandates you're pushing down, whether it be the mask mandates, whether it be red flag gun confiscation orders. We are not going to adhere to these regulations. If you had school boards, you know, if you had a majority elected on school boards that are going to reject the sexual perversion that those uh, at, at the state want to pump into the minds of young people, that's where the battle is, is occurring right now at the local level. So, yes, I 100% agree. People need to get involved. And even though it doesn't get as much attention, it is actually more important at the local level because that's where the power is, closer to the people to, again, reject these mandates that are coming down from on high.
Amen. Amen. All right. So you've got your tyrannical governor. We're running up close on time. We've got about five minutes here. Uh, you've got a tyrannical governor there in Tim Walls. You've got an AG uh, who is, um, for lack of a better term, he, he is definitely anti, anti-American, uh, siding with Antifa, siding with uh, the Muslim Brotherhood, uh, promoting the jihad and everything else. You've got all that going on. What are you guys dealing with there in the state house regarding Tim Walls? Because he continues to usurp his authority uh, in ways that the, 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 the representatives of the people have pushed back on him and said, no, 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 you don't have that. Unfortunately, here in Minnesota, we have a, we're, in fact, we're the only legislature in the entire union right now that has a split legislature. Our Senate is controlled by Republicans our House of Representatives is controlled by Democrats. That's where I'm serving. So I'm in the minority in the Minnesota House. And so to end the uh, the continued abuse of emergency powers that Governor Governor Walls continues to inflict on Minnesotans, it needs a it, it is the exact opposite of what it should be. It uh, we now we need the legislature, so both the House and the Senate, to pass by a majority vote to end the peacetime emergency. And that's not the way it should be. So it automatically continues. The executive can automatically continue it unless and until the legislative branch brings it to an end. No, it should be the exact opposite. It should be the default is it cannot continue unless and until the legislative branch gives its affirmative consent. And so right now we've had for over a year now, because the we need uh, under the current law, we need to, to have. Uh, both bodies passed the resolution by majority vote. The Democrat majority has blocked it every time. And so that's uh, that's the issue we're facing here. And it's incredibly frustrating while we uh, continue to have uh, the hardship inflicted on Minnesotans. But on, uh, one of the other areas, just in the few minutes we have remaining, I have chief authored uh, in the areas of election integrity. That is another major issue that is occurring here, not only in Minnesota, but we see nationwide. And so uh, I have introduced articles of impeachment against our own Secretary of State, Steve Simon, for his goings-on in uh, unilaterally uh, changing election law in direct conflict and violation of the Minnesota con- uh, the U.S. Constitution and Minnesota election law. And then uh, the complicit Minnesota District Judge, Sarah Gruing, who gave, in, in collusion with the Secretary of State, gave the appearance of legality by usurping the legislative branch, again, violating the U.S. Constitution and Minnesota election law. I, I know we're running out of time, so I can't go into more detail right now. But yeah, well, there's a lot going on in, in terms of impeachment, whether it be uh, the attempt to impeach him, the governor, or my attempt with both the, the district judge and our secretary of state. Well, Eric, if you, I, I don't know if you can, but if you want to hang on, we'll continue a little bit. If you've got a few minutes that you want to give us after the radio show, we'll cut that off and we'll keep going on the video platforms if you want to do that. Sure. Okay. All right. We'll let you pick up your thoughts on some of that uh, that's going on there. One of the things that that I really have a problem with is this whole idea of these emergency powers of governors anyway, because really their their whole we've already given them what they're to do within the confines of whatever the state constitution is uh, from your respective states. So they're already listed there, just like we do with the president. I don't see this need for these emergency powers because every time. I see them exercised. It's an infringement on the liberties of the people. We don't give, we don't tell government, hey, you're to look after our health. That's not their role. The role of government is to punish evildoers. And we can't get them to do that because the majority of them, I mean, no no offense to you, I'm not saying you, but those who represent us in government often become the evildoers. That's the really sad part. And like we see that up in D.C., that happens so I don't know what you guys are talking about as far as um, maybe pulling back a lot of these emergency powers. That, that, that's where I think the problem is, is that the people look to government to be the solution for things that they are the solution for. And I, I think, you know, when we go back to the Bible, we're looking at things, whether it's a widow. The widow's not to be taken care of by the state. They're to be taken care of by members of their own family. In fact, Paul says if you don't take care of your own widows, right, those in your family, you're worse than an infidel uh, and, and you've denied the faith. And there are things like that. And yet the government takes up where the church is left off. And, you know, we want to we encourage the church, those who name the name of Christ, not to just say you're a Christian, but to demonstrate you're a Christian by your love. You were talking about fear driving the thing for the vaccines and stuff like that. The Bible tells us that perfect love casts out fear. 
So who do we love? Do we love God and do we love man? And if we do, guess what? We're to not have fear. God tells us over and over and over again in the scripture not to be afraid, uh, but to move forth uh, in the capacity he's given us in the sphere of influence we have and to proclaim his name for his glory. we got about 10 seconds here. Uh, we're going to hold Eric over throughout uh, or past the end of the radio show. Guys, thank you for joining us this morning. We appreciate you. Eric, thank you for your time as well. And, thank uh, you so much. Yep, at 23 hours, we'll be back with you, 6 a.m. Eastern time, Lord willing, and Bradley will be on at 3 p.m. Eastern. Sonsoflibertymedia.com is where you want to pick them up. Don't forget to follow us on Rumble, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. We'll see you tomorrow. Adios. Okay, we want to welcome everybody coming back over from or from Red State Talk Radio and uh, joining us here on the video platform. Thank you guys for hanging in there with us. And Eric, thank you for the extra time you're going to give us this morning. I, I want to let you kind of pick up because I know the time gets rushed there and things. And we're covering a lot of topics here that you're having to deal with like, you know, in 10-minute bites here. This issue, though, of these governors, these these just the single guy, Telling the people who are the representatives, that's, that's, that's what they are. They're the real representatives. That's what they're called, representatives. The representatives of the people. He's telling the people, no, 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 I know better than you guys. I don't care if you want me to stop what I'm doing. I mean, is, is there not a level of frustration from a representative? And I know you, you talk about you know the differences of the political ideology, but we, we've got one constitution. You guys have one constitution in Minnesota, too, in the state constitution, why are they not surrounding that rather than getting in this political Jersey stuff uh, over their political parties? Because unfortunately, and it doesn't matter if you have a D or an R after your name, the tribal uh, mentality is what prevails. Uh, and again, it's so incredibly frustrating because I've seen, I've been in the majority and I'm now in the minority and it doesn't matter. It, tribalism unfortunately prevails over constitutional truth. And so right now in the minority, Democrats being in the majority, tribalism and an allegiance to party and to people, right now our governor, uh, is more important than an allegiance to the truth and to those Minnesotans uh, who elected them. And so you see them closing ranks, the Democrat majority, to protect because the governor has a D after his name, that is more important than, again, upholding our constitutional liberties. Okay. All right. Now, we had another Eric from up there, uh, Eric Mortensen, uh, representative. He had put forth articles of impeachment and things, and it, it, was a, it, was a, it was a move to try to stop that. And being in the minority, as you, as you put it, um, that's hard to get traction when you're talking about we're not just wanting to limit his emergency powers. We're wanting to get rid of this guy because he's acting tyrannically. Uh, you support those things as well? If yeah, Exactly. If the But unfortunately, the Democrat majority, they control the gavels. They control the, the speakership. They kill bills. They'll never let my bill, any of the bills we discussed this morning, uh, you know, I a couple of second amendment bills like constitutional carry. I've also chief authored uh, or co-authored this term and in past terms. Uh, stand your ground, um, castle doctrine, all these things, they will, ne- whether it be the articles of impeachment that Representative Mortensen brought up, they will never bring these things up to a vote. And because they control the gavels, again, it's not about truth. It's about what can be done to protect their own team. And unfortunately, it's, it's the D, the team of the Ds against the, the team of the Rs. And, and whether or not uh, a person has, uh, you know, when, a per- when elected officials or any people have an allegiance to a personality rather than to God, we see things go awry. We, we need right. to maintain our allegiance to God and the truth. And if a person, even if they're on our own team, if a person runs astray from the truth and from God, we need to have the courage to call them out and to kick them out. That's what we're not seeing right now is a lack of courage from those who will continue to stand for the truth, but instead their allegiance maintains to a man uh, or a person or a personality. 
Well, that's exactly right. And our founding father, John Adams, he warned about this kind of stuff. He said, there's nothing which I dread so much as a division of the republic into two great parties, each arranged under its leader and concerting measures in opposition to each other. This, in my humble apprehension, is to be dreaded as the greatest political evil under our Constitution. You know, Eric, it always amazes me. He says this is the greatest political evil. It doesn't matter which guy you're going with here. And yet, the excuse the American people have year after year after year is, we got to vote for the lesser of two evils. Well, he just warned you. You're still voting for evil. You're still asking for it to be brought on your head, whether in a fast way or in a slow way. And instead of electing people who have some principles, like what you're demonstrating here, and to say, look, here's the law. This is what we're supposed to be about. We're supposed to be standing upon the law. We get into this tribal argument, the, the, you know, the, the tribalism, what you're talking about here, of a D or an R, instead of saying, even if I'm an R, I'm going to hold to the law here, and if my guy who wears an R as the governor, and he's acting tyrannically, i got to call him out the same way I would for the guy who's got the D on his jersey. 100%. 100%. You know, this is an issue with humanity. This is not something new to us. You've right. You spoke about our founding fathers uh, uh, warned against it. But let's go back thousands of years before that. We'll go to, do you remember in in the time of the judges in the Old Testament? That's right. Right? When there wasn't a king, there wasn't a leader. And look what happened. Look what the humanity back then, they clamored, give us a king. Right? The, you know, the Lord wanted that they, he would be the leader, that the people would follow the Lord. But no, they, they were clamoring, give us a king. And he warned, the king is going to be abusive. He's going to tax. He's going to do these things. But nevertheless, I'm going to give you what you're asking for. And so this is a problem with humanity. We need to maintain our allegiance to the truth. So one other thing I want to touch on, the uh, checks and balances, and this relates to the articles of impeachment against uh, the district judge that I've uh, introduced. When we hear about, you know, we learn in civics classes and we, we talk about it today, the checks and balances between the three branches of government. When we envision the mental picture of what a checks and balances is, we often think about the executive branches check over the legislative branch, and we call that a veto. Uh, we recognize and often or conjure up the, the mental uh, picture of the uh, legislative branches check over the executive branch, and that is uh, the power of the purse. We, we may envision the judicial branches check over the legislative branch, ruling something unconstitutional, a statute uh, unconstitutional. Well, you know, the often not spoken about and rarely exercised check is the legislative branch check over the judicial branch. That's the one that rarely gets exercised. You know, if we think of it as a muscle, it's the muscle that's never used. And it's for that reason, because the judicial, the legislative branch is not exercising its uh, a check over the judicial branch in the form of impeachment, impeaching judges. That's the reason why, as the decades have gone by, whether it be at the national level or at the state level, we see the judicial branch well outside the boundaries of their constitutional role, making decisions that are not permissible under what they should be doing. And that's one of the reasons why I'm pushing so hard, whether it be in the state of Minnesota or whether it be in other states or whether it be at the national level, the legislative branch needs to begin impeaching judges because judges should be making rulings with fear of their role. If they do not act in accordance to the constitution, they should have fear that they will be impeached. Well, that's exactly right, and our Constitution speaks about that. It talks about removing them uh, from power when they are, you know, when they're not behaving rightly, when they're not, they don't have good behavior. We're to remove them, and then after they're removed, we're to prosecute them. It isn't just giving, taking away their job. This this whole idea of letting people retire because they got caught in some scandal, you know, or whatever the case may be, it's the issue of going behind it and bringing justice. Because if you don't bring justice, guess what? Those guys have strings with everybody else. They're going to keep doing what they're doing. They don't learn the lesson. The Bible tells us that God is known by his judgments. And if they don't 
don't bring those judgments, how are you ever going to teach them and the people who are watching? That's one of the interesting things when there's a capital punishment in the Bible. It's done out in the It's not done in a back room with a guy with a hood over his head or something like this. It's done out in the open. The community takes part, and God says it's so the people will learn to fear him and to fear what, what the consequences of doing whatever this guy you know that you're, you're executing it on do. We don't have that anymore, Eric. Everybody's got to be coddled. Everybody's got to be, you know, treated like they're a two-year-old. And government knows best for them. We're going to keep them up and we're going to do this. And they do all this stuff that's that's unjust. It's unjust against the criminals who are convicted. And it's unjust against the, the victims that they've harmed and their families. And everybody else who wasn't even a part of that. But I it's totally... part of yeah. the wussification of our that's society. That's exactly what it is, yeah. The wussification, and then, again, it's part of a larger agenda. All these issues are all interrelated. Everything we've discussed, it's all related to condition a people to pull them away from the roots of the truth and toward dependency. Because a people dependent on the government are a weakened people. And people that can't fend for themselves, can't make decisions for themselves, can't, uh, whether it be vaccinations, whether it be... Other medical decisions, whether it be uh, making uh, educational choices for their own children, whatever the the the, whatever the issue, a people dependent on government is a people that can have their God given liberties impugned, and that is why we are fighting so hard. In my capacity as elected official, in your capacity as getting the truth out there, being a, a voice, we need people to stand up. And again, it all comes back to. People need to have courage. And the only reason I'm doing what I'm doing, again, there is nothing special about me, nothing. But I am hoping that courage is contagious. And that's what it's going to take to save this country. Amen. It it absolutely is. Let's end on that note. Eric, we want to tell people where they can find out more about you and what you do there uh, as a representative in Minnesota. Yes, you can follow me uh, on my Facebook page. Uh, Just look up Eric Lucero. Uh, or you could go to my website, uh, Eric, www.ericlucero.com, and uh, from there uh, you can uh, be added. You can request to be subscribed to my email list. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of activities going on. Um, just need to get in the fight. Amen. Amen. We appreciate you coming on uh, early in the morning for you. Uh, it's now just after six for Eric. So he did he did get up early to be with us. Eric, if you'll hang on while I finish up here and stop the stream, I'll say goodbye to you online. Guys, be sure to check out ericlucero.com. And what I'll do is I'll have that link in the archive. Excuse me, when I get everything up this morning, the video and uh, the audio and all that other stuff on sonsofthelibertymedia.com, so be looking for that. We'll have that up there. Tomorrow, we're going to have Dr. Jason Garwood. You guys have seen where I've had Bill Evans, the truck driver theologian, on, and he put together the Health for All of Life website to promote uh, health as a, as a vehicle in order to promote the gospel. And uh, we're going to have him on to talk about the new book that he wrote that Bill paid him to write, which is Health for All of Life. And it's based off of all of the information that's come on there. That is a vital thing that we have in order to reach other people uh, with the gospel. You don't want to miss that. We're going to have that then. That'll be 6 a.m. Eastern time. Don't forget Bradley's on at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, and uh, 23 in a few minutes here. We'll see you in the morning, Lord willing. Adios.